Hey everyone, welcome back to the Potter's House, the podcast where we discuss how biblical topics, church life, and current events impact our everyday lives. My name is Marcus Ionescu and I'm your host, and today we do not have a guest, and the reason for that is we are starting a brand new series, as uh, mentioned before on the previous episode and on Instagram earlier this week, and the title of that series is Meekness of Wisdom. I'm going to get into more information on how this idea came to be, how the Lord spoke to me uh, through this passage in James chapter 3, and uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, this is the first part of 3, and uh, I definitely want to jump into it, talk about it, pull out, you know, uh, just have that exegesis and pull the truth out of this passage because there's so much wisdom and so much uh just it's it's so rich especially here in uh, in the book of James so i'm excited for i'm excited for this i'm hoping that you guys are excited as well and uh before we jump into any content and uh, just the introduction of of this episode i do want to make a couple of announcements that are pretty standard to what you guys have been hearing over the last few uh weeks and months but just to kick things off um if this is your first time listening welcome uh, it's uh, it's it's great to have a solo episode, but uh, usually in this podcast we have a guest, and it's kind of nice because it's conversational, and um, you get to hear their perspective, and they prepare something that uh, the Lord has put in their hearts. But this time uh, it's a little more work on my part, uh, and uh, I'm excited for that, and I'm excited to share. So welcome if this is your first time, and uh, if you want to find uh, any and all information regarding the podcast, the best place you can find that is on our Instagram account, which is at the Potter's House. Um, regarding streaming, we have multiple streaming platform uh, possibilities. Uh, however, the two most prominent ones are Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And for those of you who do listen to any of those platforms, you do have an option to leave a five-star review on both. Um, for the longest time, Apple Pod- it was only Apple Podcasts where you can leave a, a five-star rating and then a, a written review. Um, but now... Spotify has opened that um, that channel and that ability to leave a five-star rating only. So if you guys have done it once before, uh, I'd really appreciate it if you can do it again uh, on the other platform just because it really helps with the exposure of the show. Now, I hope Spotify continues to go strong. I know there's a lot of uh, controversy regarding the whole Joe Rogan thing, so hopefully um, they don't start uh, kicking us off too. But for now, it's still there. We're still on. Uh, the ratings are coming in, and for those of you who have already been doing it, I really appreciate it. Thank you guys so, so much. So um, that's that. Again, website, I don't even want to talk about it. That's just like a little depressing. I just got to get on it. Um, if you guys want to work for free, let me know. But right now, it's just there's there's so much uh, going on, and I just, I'm just a little too busy to kind of jump into that. So maybe in the summer, I don't know. That sounds a little prestigious, so I don't know. We'll see, we'll see what's going to happen with that, with the future of this. But for now... All I know is that we're going to do this three-part series, and I'm excited to kick things off with that. So as I mentioned earlier, the title of this series is uh, The Meekness of Wisdom. So before we get into the actual content and the verses and the points and everything, uh, I do want to mention the, I guess, the origin or the the, the inception of this idea and how, how the Lord spoke to spoke to me out of this passage from uh, James chapter 3, verses 13 through 18. So um, last summer, for those of you that were there, uh, there was this camp 
that happened in the Big Bear area here in California, in Southern California, and it was the summit. So for some of you guys who are listening, you were there with me, and it was you know it was a great time. We we learned a lot. The Lord really worked in our hearts, and it, it was awesome. It was a great experience. Um, but I'm not. I don't remember what exactly happened, uh, and and just like what what day it was. But I just remember after one of the services, I just had to jump into the Word. I had to jump into the Scriptures just because the Lord compelled me to do so. Uh, the Holy Spirit compelled me to do so, and um, there was a brother over there who has, uh, you know, giftings from the Lord, uh, like a, a word from the Lord. And he came up to me and he said, basically the, like basically saying that God wants to speak to you through the simple scriptures. And uh, he listed off a couple of scriptures that um, I, I don't quite remember what the other ones were, but I, I do remember him mentioning James, if I'm not uh, mistaken. And uh, right after that, I just, I, I kind of secluded myself. I went away and I opened the book, I opened the Bible, I turned to the book of James, and then I started reading this, this passage uh, in chapter three. And um, it was just, it was just powerful. It was, it was, it was really powerful. And uh, I, I remember spending like, at least an hour just reading uh, over and over again, the, um, the verses and trying to understand because it was, it was convicting, at least for, for my life. And uh, it's definitely impacted me since then. And I've, I've seen some evident uh, changes, uh, obviously, by the power of the Holy Spirit, and uh, it was really encouraging to see um, how, how God worked through me since that point. And I do want to read uh, the passage uh, that basically this whole thing is about, and um, as I said earlier, it's James chapter 3, verses 13 through 18, and uh, I'm going to read it right now. This is in the ESV translation. Verse 13 says, Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but it is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So there's a lot going on. There's, it's, it's a pretty heavy, uh, dense passage. And um, the realization that I had in my life, because you know, over, 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 the, you know, over the course of the last few years, I would say maybe most of my life, and Maybe some of you caught on or I don't know, but for the most part, I always considered myself an intellectual person. I always considered myself uh, someone who likes to study, someone who's accomplished certain feats and achievements in in, in the academic uh, sphere, I guess, or I don't, I don't know, however you want to uh, word that. Um, it's, not like, it's, not, it's not coming out of boasting, but I was always able to relate myself. That was always part of my identity, I guess. And um, I just kind of went with it. I, I, I tried not to flex with it. It wasn't like it wasn't like an issue in my life. It wasn't like holding me down. It wasn't like stumbling me or, or like boosting my ego in a sense. But when I read this passage, I just thought about like, wow, like where is my wisdom coming from? Is it is it the wisdom that I think that I've accumulated over the course of my life through my education, through 
I don't know, genetics, whatever it is, or is the wisdom coming from God? Is it coming from above? And uh, the way that I was able to kind of deduce this, this, um, I guess, the, the situation and kind of really examine my life was uh, what, what this passage says about the wisdom that comes from below, the wisdom that doesn't come from above. And the wisdom that comes from below, there's there's a lot that's tied to it. It's, it, it's from jealousy, selfish ambition, and through these bad fruits, you're able to tell, wow, I'm not, I'm not living my life in the way that I should be living in. And uh, ever since then, I've been really, um, especially in my prayers, I've been really submitted to the Lord and to the Holy Spirit about kind of renewing my, renewing my mind. Obviously, we know that we know in Romans that we need to renew our mind, but to basically understand that my wisdom needs to come from the Lord. It's, it's not from from my personal experiences or from what I think is right, but I should be waiting on the Lord. I should be in prayer, knowing the heart of God, uh, really in tune with the Holy Spirit, and just uh, following His path that He laid for me. So that that's how that's how this passage really spoke to me, and I just spent a lot of time in it. And um, I was able to you know preach this passage a couple of weeks ago. So January 2022. For those of you who are listening to this on a you know much later date. But um, as I was going through this passage, there was so much to go for, and it wasn't enough to talk about in a 20-minute message. So I decided to take this passage, split it into three different parts, and kind of take it one by one. So the first part, I don't want, it's already, wow, we're already at 10 minutes, but basically the first part I want to talk about uh, regarding this passage of, of wisdom. And um, we're going to see, we're, we're basically going to make comparisons between God's wisdom and man's wisdom, because uh, essentially that's what it comes down to. And we're going to see how um, that impacts us as Christians. So the first contrast, the first difference that I want us to recognize, um, especially out of this passage, is that there is a contrast in origins. Now, what does that mean? Basically, it means uh, when we're comparing God's wisdom, when we're comparing our own man-made wisdom, uh, there are a lot of different differences. Well, different differences, that's that's a unique way of saying it. But there are a lot of differences but one of the most prominent differences is the origin of that wisdom. Basically, where does that wisdom come from? And we saw this earlier um, in the passage. It actually says in verse 15, this is not the wisdom that comes down from above. So we know that God's wisdom comes from above. But as we continue in, in verse 15, it says, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. So that would be the other side. And today, what I'm going to do in this episode is kind of break that down, those three aspects, uh, and just kind of see how that relates practically to our lives. Just because we read, sometimes we read scripture and we're like, okay, that that sounds super theoretical and, and religious and whatever. But um, if we really look at it, if we if we study the scriptures, if we look at the commentaries, if we uh, if the Holy Spirit reveals it to us, we can really identify where we fall into uh you know in, in between the lines where, where where it's applicable to us and how it's how it's practical you know in, in our every single uh in our everyday lives so uh before we we jump into that i do want to make a just a couple introductory points regarding wisdom um just things to keep in mind as we go forward but one thing we know is that wisdom at that time uh, 2000 years ago was very important to the jews it was something that was held to a high esteem, and uh, there was a distinct difference between uh, the wisdom and, and and knowledge, right? Knowledge is just knowing things. Wisdom 
is basically the application. And, and, and later in this episode, we're actually going to look at the exact definition, uh, difference between the two. So wisdom was held to a high regard by the Jews at the time. It was something that um, a lot of the, especially the Pharisees claimed to have. And, um, and, and, and that, that, that was, that was really important to them. So, uh, yeah, like knowledge basically enables us to take things apart, but wisdom enables us to put things back together and relate God's truth to daily life. So it's, it's really important that we as Christians have this wisdom. We, we, we come before the Lord and ask for wisdom because at the end of the day, knowledge, yeah, we can take things apart, but to have that spiritual sight to see certain things that, um, with that we need wisdom from the Lord from above. So um, it's important to, to, to recognize that. So true wisdom, as we see in this passage, comes from above, but false wisdom comes from below. So basically it's heavenly versus man-made, as we said earlier. Um, but in principle, what we have to understand is that whatever doesn't come from God is destined to fail, no matter how successful it may seem at the time. So uh, time will prove the successes and the failures um, of our ideologies, of our thoughts, of our systems that we create here on earth. And as we've seen um, <laughs> throughout history and through even throughout our own lifetimes, that whenever we don't walk in according to the to the scriptures and according to will, the will of God, it's going to crumble and fall. And and it's and, it, and God is undefeated in 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 that uh, competition, if if we can call it that. So. Um, and regarding like examples in the Bible where we've seen this happen, I mean, we, we have several, but I'm just going to list a few here. We have the Tower of Babel, right? They thought that they were going to do something great by, by, by building that, that, uh, that tower. And then obviously we know how that went up. Uh, there was Abraham going to Egypt after there was a famine in Canaan. Instead of trusting God, he decided to take matters in his, in, into his own hands. And he went to Egypt, he went to a foreign land. And um, obviously there were a lot of problems over there when he lied about his wife being his sister, and then there was curses upon the Pharaoh's family, whatever, you guys know what happens. Uh, there's King Saul giving his giving David his armor to fight Goliath, where that wasn't the will of God, and then obviously David didn't, didn't end up using it. So there are a lot of different points in Scripture and, and in history where people's plans failed because God was, was not included in their decision-making process. So... That's that's one of the things that we want to keep in mind when we're, uh, I guess, deciding and um, recognizing where the origin of our wisdom comes from. And tonight I want to talk about those three uh, bad origins, basically, the three man-made origins and how they uh, relate to our everyday lives. And and we have to recognize at the same time, we have, so we have earthly, unspiritual, and demonic uh, one thing to keep in mind is that there is a there is a negative progression with these, right? We have earthly and then eventually unspiritual, and then the very worst of the worst is demonic. So, um, if you're if you catch yourself in earthly or unspiritual, please catch yourself before you reach demonic, just because at that point uh, things are pretty serious. So, the first source of basically man-made wisdom, wisdom that doesn't come from God, as I mentioned, is the earthly source, or in other words, the secular source. Now, with these different sources, um, and we're going to look at uh, certain things that have happened uh, either today in the church or in history or whatever to kind of to make it relatable, uh, but with each of these sources, I tied in a factor, so, and what this factor is is basically uh, what the motivation behind this source is, 
And I know that might, that might seem a little confusing right now, but basically with the secular source, with this earthly source, the factor is comprehension. Um, basically throughout time, the reason why the people tapped into this uh, source of wisdom was because they wanted to comprehend something that they did not understand. And uh, we're going to look at uh, several different examples of that um, uh, going forward. But basically, earthly, secular source, as I mentioned, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1 talks about it, and it's, uh, it's referred to as wisdom of this world. Um, also, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, actually, it's verse 17, Paul writes, as he's writing to the Corinthians, he says, For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, and not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. Um, so this, this is just a, a, a few things, just, just a note here, but at the time, 2,000 years ago, when, when Paul was writing to these different uh, churches in these different cities, um, especially in Corinth, Corinth was a very, it was a melting pot of cultures, it was a center of a lot of different um, art and, and, and whatever, basically it was a very, it was, it, was a, it was a city that included a lot of intellectual people, ideologies, movements, uh, and so on and so forth. So uh, at the time, there were basically a lot of professional orders, a lot of professional speakers who would go out into town. They would speak. Obviously, it wouldn't be the gospel. It would be whatever entertainment or instruction. It's basically a secular podcast <laughs> nowadays. You know, it'd be like someone going out there and just talking about whatever. And, and the thing is, they would charge money. So people would pay for this kind of stuff. Now, um, Paul, what he's saying is that, and obviously we know Paul was, was a very educated man um, in, in the scriptures and in society. He was, he was both a Jewish citizen, he was a Roman citizen, so he was, he was respected by a lot of different people. However, at the end of the day, there's always going to be someone who's smarter than you, there's always going to be someone who uses better words than you, there's always going to be someone who's a better speaker than you, uh, which is why Paul said, like, he kind of conceded in saying in, in verse 17, not with words of eloquent wisdom, because he knows that these professional orators would kind of pass him in that in that um, skill. But he wanted to refer to the power of the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he said, that's what's most important. And he's not trying to flex. He's not trying to be flashy, but he wanted to focus on the power of the message. And that's what he wanted to highlight, uh, essentially. So to, to kind of like go off this point, um, one question that you can ask yourselves regarding this wisdom of the world, this earthly source, is what draws you to a church? And um, maybe for those of you in a Romanian church, it's it's like, oh, my answer is my parents go here, I grew up in this church, my friends go here, whatever. Um, that could be problematic as well. Uh, maybe you've been going to an American church and you love the, the way that a person speaks. And... While these may not seem like a, like a big issue, what we have to understand is that what people, basically what the church wins us with is what they win us to. And what I'm trying to say is that sometimes it's it may be like an entertainment factor, like, oh, th that worship band is great, so I'm going to go to this church, or, or uh, that pastor speaks so well and is entertaining with with his uh, illustrations and with, with these just out liar comments or, or whatever it is, or maybe I like the service structure or the building is nice or it's in a nice area or they have a great children's ministry for my kids or whatever. And while these may not seem like 
very wrong reasons to attend a church and, and to be kind of plugged into a church, uh, we have to understand that um, that the the presence of the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, has to be what keeps us there. And um, if if basically you're going just for for entertainment, how much better are we compared to the people back then in Corinth who would just seek out the eloquent wisdom, right? We should be there to one be of service, see where we can serve, see where we can help people. Uh, two to kind of be fed, and and it's good to and it's good to appreciate scholarly instruction if that's if that's your thing. But we have to we have to make sure that in our hearts we're not entertained by by things that are that, that we don't need to be entertained by, right? We have to understand that it should be the power of the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ that kind of keeps the the body of Christ together. So that's just like one thing I want I wanted to mention. So what you win people with is what you win people to. So if you take out the great speaking, or if you take out, let's say, the bass and the drums, I don't know, whatever you wanna whatever you wanna say. Is that church still a place that you would consider attending and, and serving in? That's just the question to kind of think about. But I want to move on from that. Um, you know, knowledge and wisdom, right? We know that, uh, as I mentioned earlier, there's 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 a distinction between the two. And um, based off what, like, literally the Google definition, if you type it, the difference between knowledge and wisdom. This is what it says, and this is not my words. This is what the definition says. But it says, knowledge is the information you have learned while wisdom is the ability to use that knowledge in a profound way. So knowledge is a part, and wisdom is the whole. Wisdom goes beyond learning facts and includes making sense of those facts. So this highlights basically the importance uh, of, of, of wisdom and how we should seek that over uh, any knowledge that we can accumulate regardless of where we're at. Um, 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. So, if you've ever tried to teach, I don't know, some some biblical story or, or preach the gospel to someone who was perishing, who was not saved, um, at, at, at face value, at the surface, it doesn't really make sense to them. That's why there needs to be... Um, intercession on behalf of the Holy Spirit so that there's their eyes can be opened and they can see the truth. If not, it's foolishness to them. And and, and also the way the other way around. So the wisdom of man is foolishness to God and the wisdom of God is foolishness to man. And um kind of going back to this the earthly source, the secular source, we see this happen uh through the different theories that are taught in our education systems. Uh for example, uh creationism versus evolution. Now, if you guys remember back a few minutes ago when I said that, what motivated the uh, the earthly source of wisdom that man has created, I said it was comprehension, right? That was the factor that motivated that. So the reason why we have such an outlandish theory, and it is a theory, it's not a law, the theory of evolution is because man wanted to formulate their own idea of how the universe was created without including God. So they basically made it secular. They made it without God so that they can make this crazy claim that this is how the universe was created, this is how Earth created, this is how uh, th- these creatures eventually evolved into humans and now we're, we're thinking and we're breathing and, and all these different things. And um, the fact that they could not understand 
and they did not and, and I, I I 100% believe that these atheists who support this believe in a god and I, I just think that there there's hate and anger in their heart and they're just denying it or maybe they're just that dumb I don't know what it is but but we have to understand that it, it's the comprehension the lack of comprehension that kind of led to this theory and it's not just this theory of creationism versus evolution there are many other things that we see but this is probably the most prominent of of uh the ones that are out there so the lack of understanding and basically the them trying to avoid to in, basically avoid uh including god in in this in this picture is what caused these um these outlandish theories to be developed including the theory of evolution and uh, basically what it is, it's like self-help empowerment versus submission to God. And it's, it's counterfeit. It's fake. They just want to go against God. And I, I, I 100% believe that. And we see that uh, even in Scripture, too. We see that in Exodus chapter 7, where um, Moses and, and Aaron come before um, the Pharaoh. And, uh, you know, Moses is basically saying, you know, let my people go, let my people go. And uh, in, in a way to kind of show the power of God, there, there are certain... Uh, miracles that they perform, and what Pharaoh does is he gets his own magicians to uh, to basically replicate those, and um, you know, and for a while after a couple, they were actually they were neck and neck with with uh, Moses's um, display, but at the end of the day, we see and we see this in um, in chapter seven, it's it's verses eight through thirteen if you want to look. But at the end of the day, Aaron's staff swallowed their staff. So the staffs turned into snakes, and and uh, they were swallowed by Aaron's staff. So at the end of the day, no matter how how crazy you want to make things, no matter how how against God you are, the source of the power dictates who wins. And though uh, these magicians had a source of power, they did not have mastery over it. But Moses. Uh, who God ordained to go and, and deliver his people, uh, God gave him, basically God handcrafted this whole situation so that his power can be displayed. So we see this in, in, in time and time again, and, and, and it's not going to change, especially now in the times that we live in. They're gonna, people out there are going to take every opportunity to exclude God out of the schools and uh, the workplace, and eventually we're going to get to the point where they're, they're going to try to exclude God out of the church by making things more inclusive and basically opening up the doors to sinful lifestyles. So the first point, the first of the man-made uh, origins of, of, uh, of this man-made wisdom is the earthly origin or the secular source, which is motivated by the comprehension factor. Now moving on to the second point, uh, we have the unspiritual, right? So if we remember from verse 15, it said earthly. The second point was unspiritual. And this is the sensual source or the fleshly source. So like I said, the previous, the earthly source, the secular source was motivated by comprehension. People did not understand. So they they fabricated this, this, um, this wisdom based off the fact that they couldn't understand and they were trying to understand. Now, the second source, this unspiritual source, this sensual fleshly source is motivated and fabricated um, because of uh, the justification factor. So they wanted to justify their fleshly and sensual desires. And um, this word that is used, unspiritual, it's actually, um, the word is different in, in, in uh, different translations, but this word refers to the lower 
nature of man, which has cravings, lusts, desires, hungers, appetites that he does not wish to or cannot control. Uh, the funny thing is, is that um, this word, uh, this unspiritual word um, in, in the original Greek uh, is the same root, uh, has the same root as the word that we have today, uh, which is psychology, right? It's, it's derived from the same Greek root. And um, when, when we think of psychology, uh, one of the most prominent figures, figures of psychology is Sigmund Freud. And uh, today I just want to briefly go over some of his teachings because uh, not only are they absolutely disgusting, abhorrent, uh, unfathomable, but we see this source of wisdom being manifested through this man's wicked teachings. So, like I said, this source of wisdom, this unspiritual source of wisdom, is basically the sinner trying to justify their their cravings, their lusts, their desires, without submitting to God, without seeking repentance. So instead of being delivered and 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 forgiven of these of these uh, of these sins of the flesh, what they're doing is they're creating ideologies and theories and 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 parades or whatever you want to call them, so that they can justify the way that they feel and and, and the way that they and the things that they crave essentially. And um, for those of you who have studied Freud, uh, he was his, he lived from 1856 and uh, up until 1939. But one of his most famous, um, I don't want to call it discoveries, but one of his most famous articles and, and I guess ideologies was the five stages of psychosexual development. And uh, I'm not going to be very descriptive and explicit uh, with what he talked about just because it's, I still want to have that, that, that safe, clean rating here on, on, on Spotify and in, uh, these streaming platforms. But what he, what he essentially did is he, he went through the life stage of a human being starting from birth until um, basically late adolescence. And what he did is he basically described um, certain uh, behaviors that this young person um, exhibits, and he attributed those behaviors to psychosexual development that happened in the brain. So, I mean, they're, they're crazy stuff, and... and, and I mean, there's stuff like with the Oedipus complex, where there's there's like incestuous uh, implications, and 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 it's just it's 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 way out there. Now, I'm not saying that it's um, that he just started making stuff up. I think I don't think he would have gotten away with a lot of stuff if a lot of these theories, if he was just making it up and just uh, pull pulling pulling it out of thin air, but. Um, just the thought process to kind of justify certain actions and certain behaviors that human beings have uh, and, and blaming it on, on the, the chemistry of, of the mind or the, or, or, or the things that we think of. And, and I, I just can't even imagine all of the tests that were being run at the time on like innocent children. So I don't know. It's, it's just it's disgusting. But what we see is, is a prime example of how we use um, – these uh, these theories we use, basically, we, we try to create psychology and um, make these laws and outlandish claims because we're justifying the way that we feel, and uh, and it's sad because um, you know God created us in His image, and every indulgence not under God's will and command is a gross perversion caused by sin, 
And the fact that they're attributing these um, these desires to these behaviors, it's just it's just out there, and it's only going to get worse. Because this was this happened a hundred years ago. Now today it's much worse, and today those theories are being applied, and they're taught in the schools today. Um, when it comes to desires of the flesh, um, obviously one of the most notable um, I guess issues that we deal with was is the issue of homosexuality, and now that's kind of expanded into gender identity. It's expanded into polyamory. It's 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 just getting worse and worse every single day. And the way that we can catch these things is um, first, uh, and, and there's five stages basically. Essentially, there are five stages to the way that the world promotes these um, these theories. And first, it starts off with tolerance. So if you guys remember. Uh, tolerance was what they, what the LGBTQ community wanted. They wanted tolerance. They wanted to be accepted. They didn't want to be hated on. They didn't want to be discriminated against. That was the first thing that they desired. And eventually they got it. Second, after that, the next stage is acceptance. They wanted to be accepted. They didn't just want to be able to coexist with their peers, but they wanted to feel like they were, that they, that they meant something, that they were important as well. So the transition uh, basically went from tolerance to acceptance. The next stage of all of this is normalization. Now we're starting to see more representation in the media, representation in Hollywood, representation in, in the workplace, in the schools, and eventually in in the churches, as, as we see, especially, uh, I believe it's the Methodist church that, that uh, has kind of fallen into this. And after that, we have what is called infiltration, where not only are we normalizing um, this this sinful nature, but we're infiltrating the minds of the people to think that that this is not only normal, but this should be promoted, and that it, it's not against the word of God, and that quote unquote Jesus never said it was wrong. And after that, we have abomination, right? We get to the point where. The world was so wicked, and I believe this is what happened with with uh, you know Sodom and Gomorrah. It got to the point where it was so wicked that God was just like, you know what, that's it. Or even uh, even uh, in, the t- in in Noah's time, in, in like uh, Genesis chapter five and six, it got so bad that God was like, all right, that's it, we're destroying this. And um, right now, maybe many of you think like, oh, we're in this normalization factor where it's promoted so much in the media and it's normalized and. Now it's normal for you to basically sit next to someone who who doesn't want to decide whether they're a, a man or a woman. However, I think we're way beyond that. I believe that normalization started about 10 years ago, and now we're in the infiltration stage. Now we're at the point where, uh, and I'm sure you guys have seen this. I mean, there. I mean, if you look on Instagram with with these different uh, pages, Instagram and TikTok, and most notably, we have we see a lot of progressive Christians. We see a lot of these deconstructionists. We see a lot of these. Uh, there's actually a new term called exvangelicals, who their minds have been infiltrated by the lies of the enemy, and now they believe that this particular sin should be not only protected but celebrated and paraded in the church setting in the church environment. And uh, obviously not everyone's on this on the exact same page with it, but uh, there are a lot of people who are not only tolerable, but sympathetic to that. And what they're doing is they're hiding behind uh, this false 
claim that like, oh, we're supposed to love as Jesus loved. Like Jesus would love this person. And that's, I mean, is in some way they're correct. However, we are to love the individual. We're to love the soul. But the banner that they that they stand beside, we should hate that, right? We know that the Lord God, he is our banner. Jesus Christ is our banner. And if they're holding the banner of the enemy, we cannot love that banner. We cannot side with them. But we, as, as believers, can love the soul and preach the gospel to that person. And that's the best love that you can show. I mean, that's what Jesus would do. So um, we, 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 we're getting to the point where, yeah, we're in this infiltration stage and we're, we're, a lot of, a lot of, we're seeing that a lot of young minds are being poisoned with these ideologies. And uh, we have to be very careful because eventually, and it's inevitable, it's going to happen. Eventually we're going to get to the abomination and then we're going to have uh, <laughs> basically every page of Revelation um, happening before, before our very eyes. So we'll get there. We already started seeing some stuff. But eventually we get there. We need to be faithful um, with all of that. So uh, Romans 8, 5, uh, sorry, Romans 8, 5 through 8. So sorry, Romans chapter 8, verses 5 through 8, just to be a little more clear. It says, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, set their minds on the things of the spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Verse 8 says, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So essentially what this is saying is that where God's word promotes discipline, man promotes justification. If you're, if you're living in the flesh, you're not, you're not submitting to God's law. You, this passage said that you cannot submit to God's law. Because those who those of the those people who are in the flesh cannot please God. Uh, Galatians five twenty four says, and those who belong to Jesus Christ, or those who belong to Christ Jesus, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Guys, we need to adhere to God's word. If if we're if we look at these people who are promoting these things, they all started somewhere, right? They all started with some small craving, some some lust, some desire. And because it was left unchecked, it just, it led them on a totally wrong, totally different path. And the longer they spent over there, the more, basically, the the more hard their hearts have gotten. So their, their hearts were hardened in the process. So every little f- passion, every desire of the flesh, for those of us who belong, who are in Christ, for those of us who belong to Christ, we need to crucify that every single day. And we can't uh, we can't uh, allow ourselves to be motivated um, by this unspiritual wisdom that the Bible condemns here in this in this chapter in James chapter three. So, with that, we have, like I said, the earthly source, which was secular. We had the unspiritual source, which was of the flesh, which was sensual. And the last, and certainly not least, probably the worst source of man-made wisdom is demonic, which in that case may not even be man-made just because it, it literally comes from the devil himself. And, and this is referred to as the satanic source, the devilish, I believe the, the King James uses the word, the devilish uh, source. And this factor that basically motivates this type of wisdom is deception. It's chaos. 
And we see this firsthand uh, at the very beginning in Genesis chapter 3, where the quote-unquote wisdom of Satan tries to fight against the wisdom of God. And, and, and that's basically what he tries to do when he, or actually what he, what he does to Eve when he uh, deceives her into to eating from the fruit that she was forbidden from eating, uh, basically forbidden from. And, uh, you know, it's, it's described as crafty, it's cunning, it's very similar to Pharaoh's wise men and magicians. So if we're looking at, at the actual, literal, the translations of these words that were used in the scriptures, and um, especially in, in, in Genesis chapter 3, it's, it's interesting because the, the serpent that came before Eve seemed very, appear, appeared to be very innocent, right? Um, but, but we knew that he was crafty, he was cunning, and what he does is he tries to twist God's words. Now, like I said, this is a this is deception factor, this is utter chaos. This is not justification, this is not um, comprehension. This is literally, you get to the point where you're so low that you're doing the devil's work. You're, you know that you've lost, you know that you've, you've been crushed, you know that there's nothing that you can do but just cause chaos. Um, you know, they say, I have never read The Art of War by Sun Tzu. I've never, I'll admit, I'll never read it. But one of the, one of the things that he teaches, from what I've heard, obviously because I haven't read it, was um, if you're fighting an enemy, one thing you want to do is you want to leave, always leave him a way out, right? You never want to corner an enemy where he has no way out because guess what? He's not, at that point, he's like, all right, I've got nothing to lose. I'm going to come straight for you. So if you give an enemy a way out, his mind is going to be focused on trying to slip out. Therefore, he will be less dangerous. Now, Satan, as we know, has been cornered. There's nothing that he can do which makes him so dangerous. He has no way out, right? He's condemned to, to hell forever, but because he has no way out and he's uh, basically cornered in that position, he has nowhere else to go but towards you, um, we need to be careful of his, of his deceiving lies because all he wants to do is stir up chaos within the world, stir up chaos um, as best as he can within the hearts and the minds of people on this earth. And um, I mean, that's his, that's his MO, right? That, that he is motivated purely and solely by that. Um and we see, and this is not the only example, we also see it in Matthew uh, 4 where he's trying to tempt Jesus and what he does is the same exact thing he did to Eve where uh, he questioned Eve's like, oh, did God really say that? And he does the same thing to, to Jesus in Matthew chapter 4 uh, trying to misquote scripture. Well, obviously Jesus um, wins in the end and, and uh, provides the correct interpretation. Romans 1, 18 through 25. I want to read this because this is the progression that we see with people who succumb to these different man-made wisdoms. And it's and it's uh, it's important to see because it comes with a very hefty consequence. So Romans 1, uh, 18 through 25, verse 18 says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world. And the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. For although they know, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking 
and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore, God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. So looking at this passage, it's interesting because I feel like it includes all of the sources of man-made wisdom. And even though we mentioned this last as the, you know, the, the, demonic, uh, the demonic source, right? The, the satanic source, the demonic source of wisdom. As we, read in, as we, as we know in Genesis chapter 3 and, and basically what this passage said in Romans 1, um, this, this is what started it all. And ever since the beginning of time, ever since the, the Garden of Eden, Satan's goal has been to deceive people. And over the course of history, uh, both ancient and recent, we see that people just continue to unwind and unwind and just indulge in their, in their flesh, indulge in their sins, to justify it, to, to comprehend what they're dealing with. And uh, we see here, and it, it says that their foolish hearts were darkened. They decided to worship uh, man-made uh, gods for images. They were uh, worshiping the creation rather than creator. And uh, we see that, again, they were claiming to, to be wise, but they were fools. And uh, if we fall into this trap, if we're deceived by the enemy, whose goal is to cause absolute utter chaos, we're going to find ourselves trapped in this cycle as well. If we don't understand what God's word says and we're basically second-guessing ourselves, we're going to try to say like, kind of uh, go back and forth with ourselves and, and argue like, okay, is God's word true? Um, is Did he actually create this world or should I listen to the scientists, right? Um, a lot of what's been happening with this whole COVID situation was um, a lot of people who are arguing, you know, the for vaccine and all that stuff, which I'm not going to, you know, comment on that, but um, they're all about pro-science, 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 you know, and uh, that's what they're going to teach. And that's what they're going to go for. They're going to say, oh, science says this, therefore, you need to believe it. And get ready, prepare yourselves, because from now until the end of time, uh, the world is going to do everything they can to discredit God, to kind of take God out of the equation. And they're going to promote their own ideologies that um, that basically explains the 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 phenomena of, 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 of the of creation around us, right? They're going to say that, oh, God didn't create this. How could God create this? He doesn't exist, all these different things. And then they're going to create their own science to kind of fit that narrative. And then as humankind continues to become more perverse and perverse and perverse, and we see this with, with uh, I mean, all the sexual immorality, all, all, all those sexual sins, and it's, it's getting crazy. I mean, Considering the stuff that, that was accepted in society 50 years ago versus now, it's like they're getting to a point where they're starting to accept criminal activity. And, it, and it's, it's, it's just sick to even think of. But from now until the end of time, it's just going to progressively get worse and worse and worse. And what they're going to do is they're going to justify these sins. Instead of repenting, instead of hum- humbling themselves and, and recognizing Christ as their Lord and Savior, as the Son of God who died for their sins... They're going to reject that notion and that they're and they're going to basically 
promote in the education systems and society and every even in, in the in some churches as well all these justifications and basically get on with their lives and continue to sin in the way that they sin and uh they'll get to a point where these people are so broken where they're not going to be able to to differentiate between right and wrong and they're going to just cause chaos as we see as in in the, in the last uh form of wisdom so it's really important we as believers and um you know, as as I start to wrap this up, because we're we're kind of getting a getting ahead with time here. Uh, for those of you that were in the same boat as I was, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, right? I, I thought that my wisdom was sufficient. I thought that I had godly wisdom because, you know, God made me. I don't know an intellectual person, if I can even say that. But we as believers, we need to. <laughs> we cannot be deceived. We have to understand that, um, that the wisdom comes from above, and we need to seek it every single day. We need to ask God in our prayers to send wisdom from above, to give him the credit that he's the one who gives this wisdom as a gift. Um, earlier in the in the book of James, I know we read from James 3, but James 1.17 says uh, basically that every good, perfect gift is from above, right? The wisdom that is from above. And um, as you see in scripture, that wisdom is found in Christ. If you want to experience godly wisdom in your life first you have to submit your life to jesus christ it's not going to happen we have to be born again we have to be saved we need the holy spirit to indwell in us to be empowered and to be given that divine wisdom that god has promised and that he wants to give to each and every single one of his sons and daughters so the first step towards true wisdom guys is confessing jesus christ as your lord and savior that's it it's not it's not a creating your own, I don't know, like it's not for your earthly benefits, not to store up your treasures here on earth. It's not to seem smart and entertaining and, and valuable to the world, but it is to fully submit your life to the Lord that he may work through you by the power of the Holy Spirit to transform lives and further his kingdom. And I think that's the most important thing. And, um, like I said earlier in the episode, right, the foolishness of man or, or the, the wisdom of man is foolishness to God and the wisdom of God is foolishness to man. So the more, I guess, the more uh, of God's wisdom we're full with, right, the more uh, wisdom we have from the Lord, the more foolish we're going to appear to man, right? So if we're promoting and preaching God's wisdom, we're going to seem foolish to man and that's that's going to lead to a lot of persecution. It's going to lead to discrimination and a lot of pain maybe, uh, a lot of lost like, rights and privileges, but um, we need to understand that, and Jesus said himself, that we are going to be hated, reviled, persecuted for his name. And he said, blessed, in, in Matthew chapter 5, he said, blessed, blessed are those people who are persecuted and reviled on my behalf. You know, and, and, and we'll get to the point where you know, the blessing is that the kingdom of God is, is ours, essentially. And uh, like I said, the more... We serve the Lord, the more that we preach Christ, the more that we submit to him and, and crucify the desires of the flesh, the more hated we're going to be by the world. And they're going to think we're crazy. They're going to think we're stupid. But that should not deter us. That should not discourage us. And that should not stop us from answering the commission that, that our Lord Christ Jesus has given us. So um, I do want to you know, conclude with that. I do want to kind of leave that on our hearts. So 
for those of you who have not been experiencing this, for those of you who relied on your own understanding, who relied on your own wisdom, um, I challenge you, wherever you are, to go before the Lord in prayer and ask God, like, God, help me lean onto you. Help me realize my dependence for you in my life. And if you don't, if you're a believer and you start to stray away and you don't, I mean, I'm going to tell you this, and I'm speaking this from experience, uh, but don't let God humble you, right? Use this opportunity to humble yourself. Do not let God humble you because I promise uh, the latter is much less desirable um, uh, for your life uh, going forward. So uh, two questions I want to leave you with tonight or today or whenever you're listening to this. But one, what is the source of your wisdom, right? Are you are, are you living your, your life to understand what's happening around you? Are you living your life to, to justify certain things that you don't like about yourself? Are you living your life to cause disturbance and, de- and to deceive and to do all these different things? Or are you living your life in full submission to the Lord that he may gift you his wisdom from above, that he may use you for his work that he has ordained on this earth? So what is the source of your wisdom? Look, examine yourselves, and look at the fruits in your life. And, and next week, we're, we're going we're to talk a little bit about that. Uh, and the next question, the last question that we have is, what steps can I make to ensure my my wisdom is rooted in God's word? So ask yourselves, and, and for, for some of us, it may be like the same answer. Some, some of you, you may have different answers depending on, I guess, what's your personality type or what's your routine or whatever. But what can you do practically to ensure that every single day we're depending uh, on the Lord and we're not uh, taking this for granted and we're not uh, basically giving... Um, just acknowledging ourselves and giving credibility to ourselves for something that we cannot we cannot accomplish and something that we have not accomplished. So what steps can you make going forward to ensure that um, we're not deterred, that we're not indulging in the ways of this world, we're not conforming to the ways of this world, but that we're being transformed, our minds renewed according to the word of God by the power of the Holy Spirit, that we may live holy lives as he was holy, that he, as he is still holy, that we may answer his commission and do the work that he has called us to do. So that's that. That's the first uh, episode. I hope I didn't bore you guys too much. I'll be honest, um, preaching is so much easier than this. Uh, <laughs> preaching is you're talking to people, You're you're. it's like this... Uh, intense conversation or I would say intense one-sided conversation, but people are there, they're responding, you're, you're, um, you're kind of gauging the, the crowd. Uh, but when, when you're facing a computer screen for an hour talking an hour straight, it's a little different. There's a little different feel to it. So, um, I hope you guys got something out of this. It's, it's what the Lord spoke to me and, and really, um, empowered me with and, and it really changed my life over these last six months. And, um, for those of you that know me personally, I hope that you've seen that change and, and I hope that that change has been encouraging to you. So, uh, just understand, like, there's a lot of different ways that we can be wrong. There's a lot of different avenues and and paths that we can take to, to end up in the wrong place with the wrong type of wisdom, but there's only one way to be in the right. And that is the way, the truth and the life, Jesus Christ, our Lord and savior. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, I'm going to wrap this up really quick, but, um, stay tuned for next week. You know, this week we talked about the contrast of origins of the wisdom of man and, um, compared to the wisdom of God. And next week we're going to, we're going to talk about the contrast of 
operations or the contrast in operations. So we're going to look at the works that are basically manifested based off the origin of that wisdom. So if your wisdom is in man, um, is or your wisdom is from man, what what actions and fruits are you going to display? Versus if your wisdom is from God or in God, what fruits are you going to display? So we're going to talk about that. We're gonna, it's going to be a little more practical. It's going to be a little more bullet point ish. So um, that'll that'll be for next week. But for the, for this week, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Again. Instagram at the Potter's House for any and all updates. Uh, we're going to update you with everything that comes up. Uh, streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the most notable. Uh, both platforms have the option to leave a five-star review, so please do that if you have not done that already. And if you do have Apple Podcasts and if you do want to leave a written review, I would read it, um, both personally and on the show. And I appreciate you guys doing that. It really helps with the exposure of the show. And last but not least, um, again, I was going to say something with the website, but that's that's there's no update on that. So there's no last but not least. But I want to thank you guys for for your encouraging words, for your prayers, for for everything. I I really appreciate this, um, and it's just a real blessing to be able to serve in a ministry like this. And I give all glory to God. It's it's nothing I've earned. It's nothing that I've deserved. It's it's no skill that I've acquired. But everything is a gift from the Lord, and and I I give Him glory and I give Him praise for that. So thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we will see you next time.